I've spent the past couple weeks covering what we believe. We spent some time looking at the 11 doctrines of the Salvation Army, which even though they are the 11 doctrines of the Salvation Army, they also help basic Christian principles and truth based from the Bible. So as any Christian, there are beliefs in which we can help use to define who we are in Christ. And we spent the past couple weeks looking at these articles of faith. Spent some time looking at them. I would be responsive to the Holy Spirit's work and obedient to his leading in my life, growing in grace through worship, prayer, service, and the reading of the Bible. I will make the values of the kingdom of God and not the values of the world the standard for my life. I will uphold Christian integrity in every area of my life, allowing nothing in thought, word, or deed that is unworthy, unclean, untrue, profane, dishonest, or immoral. And so, through those, we learn about what it means to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. How we're obedient. How reading the Bible and prayer help guide us and direct us in this world. And how when we allow those things to happen, we allow Him to define us and not the world around us. And through that, through Him defining us, we become a person of Christian integrity. Putting things profane, unclean, behind us. Going back to that doctrine on holiness that we talked about, Doctrine 10, that says to be blameless until the return of Christ. It's what we are striving for. And this week, we're going to kind of look over... Doctrines four and five, articles four and five, which are not working up there for some And they are we will maintain Christian ideals in all my relationships with others, my family and neighbors, my colleagues, my fellow salvationists, those to whom and for whom I am responsible, and the wider community. And I will uphold the sanctity of marriage and of family life. We're going to spend some time looking at those in depth, especially number four. What it means when we allow Christ to shape our relationships with other people. Whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in our family, whether it's with our friends, even to a larger community of people. Those Christian ideals of what it means to be like Christ. 
in what, he, in what we say, what we do, and especially how we interact with other people. Because it's important who we are with other people, what they will say about us and how we interact with them can be essential to our identity in Christ and essential to our very witness for Christ. There was a leader for an unnamed Christian organization where nearly half of the people he worked with resigned. When people brought to the attention of his superiors what was going on, they realized that he was not the easiest person to work with. Some would say even abusive verbally, emotionally, to his employees. But his superiors defended it by saying, well, he's got other skills, other talents. He may not have the best people skills, but he's good at other things. How many of us know somebody that may not have the best people skills? You don't have to raise your hands for this one. How many of us have ever had that said about us? This guy was a Christian leader. Do you think his lack of people skills influenced his witness, his identity, positively or negatively? Negatively. Negatively. If you knew how he talked to people, how he treated people, and then he sits up here on Sunday trying to tell you how to treat other people, are you going to listen to him? Probably not. No. Right? Our relationships with other people are essential to our Christian faith. I will maintain Christian ideas in my relationship with others, my family, my neighbors, my colleagues, fellow salvationists. That's specific to us, but we don't leave anyone out. And if you are a member of another church, you can be your other church member. To those to whom and for whom I am responsible and the wider community. If we are a leader in any way, shape, or form, we are to allow Christian ideals to govern, define, and mold our relationships. And even though it may seem like Good Christian relationships are a model for people in a leadership position. As Christians, we are all challenged to have exemplary relationships with one another. The Bible is, in fact, packed full of references to relationships. In fact, you would almost even say that relationship is one of the major themes of the Bible. 
because it talks a lot about our relationship with God. And knowing and understanding our relationship with other people and how to act with them helps mold and form our relationship with God. We learned it last week. We cannot be mad or angry at our brother, right? And say we love the Lord. Our relationship with other people and what they look like can help define our relationship with God. In our relationship with God and knowing what it looks like is essential in knowing who we are. There's a story of the work the Salvation Army did in Berlin after the fall of the Berlin Wall. You see, East Germans came flooding across the border into the West just to see what it was like. They had no money for hotels, so along with many other people, the Salvation Army set up cops and opened doors to them. One man, who actually stayed at a makeshift shelter the army had set up, had been a communist and an atheist, but had realized that that held nothing. He was looking for something new to believe in. And so he was able to talk to a Salvation Army officer there running it. And he asked the officer hundreds of questions about Christianity. Most of them had to do with doctrine and duty, since he was concerned about the ideology behind it. But what he struggled with is the fact that in Christianity, relationship including our relationship with God is essential. The center of our faith, a living relationship with a living, resurrected Savior. And it was something that he didn't quite comprehend. He couldn't quite catch the significance of it. But we know, and we've read his word, the Bible, that God has told us our relationship with him is essential. The Bible also provides us with what other relationships are going to look like. In marriage, between employer and employee, between a parent and a child, between friends, between enemies, between people who persecute others and even the victims that are persecuted, between rulers and those who are ruled. So many different kinds of relationships. And if we sat here and took the time to look at all of them, and I'd be speaking for far longer than I normally do. Whole books have been written about the study in the scriptures 
on relationships, especially family and marriage. But we need to start with basics. What general rules does the Bible have to say about relationships? Now, you guys know the golden rule, right? Do to others as you would have them do to you. Luke chapter 6, verse 31. Verse 18. 
we're only going to be looking at the latter half of that. James 2.9. We are learning that in love, that love your neighbor as yourself is supposed to be equal. You can't control them. You control you, though. 
live at peace with everyone. Peace may not be one-sided, but keep in mind, they too will be held accountable for how they deal with each other and interact. Matthew 5:44. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This even goes beyond trying to live at peace with one another. This is saying to love them and to pray for them, right? This goes beyond even a mere ceasefire. It means having genuine concern for the well-being of people who are opposing us. That's what it means, essentially, to be a child of God. That's what it means to live and follow the example that Christ has set. Because we know for a fact he did this, right? He is nailed to the cross dying, and he says what? Forgive them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, right? How many of us could kind of have that same mentality? In our moments of trials, we pray for those that are the cause. So picture people who may have persecuted you, people who have wronged you. There's an old saying in the world, and it says, you know, if they were on fire, would you put them out? Right? You ever heard that? Where if you're so mad at someone, you say, if they were on fire, I wouldn't even spit on them and put them out. I mean, you absolutely do not like them, and you would let them burn, right? But that's not the kind of attitude that we as Christians are called to have. 1 Peter 2, 16-17 says, Live as freedom, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God and honor the King. Live as free men. We are free. Within the frame of a biblical lifestyle. We discussed before that just because we can do everything doesn't mean we should do everything because not everything is good and pleasing to God. And so, First Peter is telling us a little bit more that our freedom is built upon the relationship with Jesus Christ. We have a privilege of placing ourselves under His Lordship because He loves us. Therefore, we are to love and respect others in a similar way to show proper respect to everyone. Honor those who rule, who exercise authority over us. That's what he means when he says, fear God and honor the king in 1 Peter 2.17. Love our Christian brothers and sisters in a special way, too. The brotherhood of believers. 1 John 3.11 touches on love again. 1 John 3.11 says, This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. 
Pastor John is saying, hey, this is not the first time you've been told this. Since the beginning, we have been telling you to love each other. Skip a couple of verses down to verse 14 and 15. We know that you have, we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. And anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. We talked last week about how our very thoughts need to be curtailed and controlled. And that's why the Bible says that if you thought, if you have hate in your heart against your brother, then you have murdered him. Because our thoughts and our feelings can become actions, and those actions can manifest themselves into deeds in what we do. Whoever nurtures hatred and resentment, especially towards his fellow believers, is in trouble.
You may be familiar with that, right? You put the kids before yourselves. But as a Christian, we're being called to do that, to take that approach almost with everybody. Not just our family. Is our attitude really that of Christ? Are we really modeling ourselves and our attitude after our Savior? Young man goes up to his preacher and says, Preacher, I'm in love. So the preacher goes, Well, what makes you think you're in love? He simply replies, well, I love her so much that her well-being is not only important to me, but it's more important than even my own well-being. relationships with other people, there's a theme. A few key words for us to live by. Love and respect and humility. And so our love, respect, and humility, humility, and being able to see beyond ourselves to the interest of others, to the well-being of others. How we model our relationships with other people. What would the world be like and Christians everywhere started to show love in this way? What would the world look like if we loved each other as we loved ourselves? What would it be like if everybody treated everyone with love and respect and humility? Kind of sounds like a perfect place to be, right? So then I go back to Romans 12, 18. The only thing we can do, though, is our part. 
if it is possible, as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. So I will say, as far as it depends on you. In your dealings, interactions with other people, the relationships you have with the world around you, let it be based out of love and respect and humility. relationships look like? How do you interact with other people? Have you allowed Christian ideals to define your relationships? Are you showing humility, love, 
and respect to others. We're gonna have a time of commitment and as the music plays, take this time to evaluate your relationships with other people. Are they what God has intended for relationships to look like? And if they're not, pray for his guidance, his direction, his grace and his mercy, that you may be able to live your life guided by Christian ideals and Christian integrity.
lives, Dean. Set us apart for you. Help us to follow your guidance, your direction, to live by Christian ideals with our relationships, Lord. And whatever relationships they may be, we may be governed by your word, guided by your direction. Modeling relationships and loving each other with respect and humility as you have shown us. Be with us, Lord. And help us. May you fill us with hope, with all joy and peace, as we trust in you, so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be with us. We ask in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen.